This is InfoTrack, the weekly show with information you should know. Here's what's happening on this week's show. These days, it can be hard to voice an opinion without ruffling someone's feathers, especially on social media. We talk to a social activist who offers a set of tools to help Americans bridge the divide. People get defensive when they're afraid of looking foolish. So if you talk to somebody who disagrees with you on an issue as if they're an idiot or a villain, that shuts down the conversation right away. Then, you'll hear from a journalist who studied the origins of America's opioid addiction crisis. Why are these drugs so firmly entrenched in the population? You know, at the end of their journey, they're not doing it to get high per se. They're just doing it to keep from being dope sick. It becomes more important than your family. It's your most important relationship. It becomes your God. Stay tuned. InfoTrack begins right after this. InfoTrack, the weekly show with information you should know. Here's your host, Chris Whitting. If you spend any time on social media, you know it's hard to voice an opinion without ruffling someone's feathers. Justin Lee is a social activist who wants Americans to start listening to each other and understand viewpoints different from their own. And he's the author of Talking Across the Divide, How to Communicate with People You Disagree With and Maybe Even Change the World. Justin, you offer a set of tools to help people bridge the divide, but before we get to those, I'm guessing there's a story behind you writing this book. Did you have a personal experience of trying to get somebody to listen to your point of view? Oh my goodness, I've had many of those. I've spent the last 20 years of my life really right in the center of one really big cultural conversation, which is the divide between the LGBT community and the Christian church. I grew up as a conservative evangelical and very anti-gay and then came to realize as a teenager that I was gay and didn't know what to do about that. And everybody I asked had opinions. But what I found was that the gay friends I met didn't understand my Christian friends and family, and my Christian friends and family didn't understand my gay friends. And there were these two sides that needed to communicate, and they didn't even know how to begin talking to each other. So I've spent 20 years of my life working in those spaces, one day in a room full of progressives and the next day in a room full of conservatives, talking to folks about their views of the other side and trying to help people understand how to communicate better, even on the issues where we think that there is a right and a wrong answer. You offer five strategies in your book to help break down what you call the five most common barriers that keep people from hearing, let alone accepting differing opinions. And the first one is ego protection. What's that all about? Well, ego protection is, as you said, one of these five barriers that comes up often in these kind of conversations. Essentially, people get defensive when they're afraid of looking foolish. So if you talk to somebody who disagrees with you on an issue as if they're an idiot or a villain, that shuts down the conversation right away. They tend to dig in their heels because that's not how they see themselves. So we have to use strategies that will allow people to still have a positive view of themselves, even as they come around to your way of thinking, if in fact they do. 
One of the things that you can do quite simply is to listen. It's something that we're often very slow to do because we see listening as weakness. We think that, you know, if I have a strong position, then I need to talk more to convince the other person. But often listening is much more effective at getting people to then listen in turn and come around to your way of thinking because when people feel like they're being heard, then they can relax a bit instead of having to feel like they have to fight you to be heard. And listening also teaches you a lot about how somebody sees themselves, how they see their own motivations, what is important to them, what misconceptions do they hold that maybe need to be corrected. Even if we could all do just that one thing, just listen to each other more, we would have much better conversations. We're talking with Justin Lee, author of Talking Across the Divide, How to Communicate with People You Disagree With and Maybe Even Change the World. The second barrier you mention is team loyalty. I guess that's self-explanatory, but tell us about that one. Well, there was a study done a few years ago at Yale where they talked to Republicans and Democrats about welfare, and they found that Republicans tended to have one view of how the welfare system should work, and Democrats tended to have a different view, and that's not a surprise, I think, to any of us. But what was interesting was that if they presented a fake welfare proposal and told the participants in this study that this was real, gave them news articles that said that this was real, and that either Republicans were in favor of it and Democrats were opposed, or Republicans were opposed and Democrats were in favor of it, people invariably went in the direction of what they believe their party wanted, even if it directly contradicted their own values. So often our sense of loyalty to a team, whether that's a political party or whether that's a social group, a religious group or whatnot, our sense of loyalty to those teams can override even our own values. And that's important to understand when you're talking to somebody who sees you as being on maybe a different social team than they are. Well, the third barrier is comfort. Sounds pretty simple, but what's that all about? Well, we don't think about this very often, but when somebody is comfortable with the way things are, comfortable with the status quo, in general, we want people to be comfortable. But if someone is really comfortable with how things are, and you're trying to convince them to see things differently, to see things from your perspective, that requires all this mental and emotional energy to consider that they may have been wrong and to rethink all of the things connected to that. And it's just so much work. And so unless you can give somebody a reason to feel uncomfortable with how things are, maybe through a powerful story of somebody who is being harmed with the situation as it is, whatever the issue is you're talking about, unless you can give people that reason and sort of create that cognitive dissonance, it's very difficult to get people to want to expend the mental energy to change their minds. So finding a way to generate that cognitive dissonance is really important. Now, the fifth barrier is uh, what you call worldview protection, and it seems like it sort of folds out of some of the other points you've made there. Yeah, and in particular with worldview protection, our views are interconnected. For instance, when I'm talking to you know my fellow evangelicals about LGBT stuff, their view on, say, homosexuality is connected to their understanding of the Bible and how to read the Bible and who God is and sort of the whole understanding of the world. And so you have to understand when you're talking to somebody about an issue where they disagree with you, you can't just look at one of their views in isolation. So some people will then try to kind of undermine everything someone else believes in order to get to the one issue they really care about. But that doesn't work because those views are important to people. And so you have to find a way often to work within somebody's general worldview, even if you don't share it, in order to focus on the things where you can agree and ways that you can move forward on the issues you care about. 
Justin, it's one thing to obviously be dealing with people you meet on social media and who have conflicting opinions and trying to deal with them. What about within a family where maybe families argue over the dinner table and, and really get into some heated disagreements? Would you have any different advice for that situation? Well, actually, when I was writing Talking Across the Divide, those were a lot of the situations I had in mind because I think you're much less likely to change the mind of some random person you connected with on Facebook or Twitter than to be able to find some common ground or move the conversation forward or even change the mind of a friend or family member who cares about you. And being able to have those conversations well, even if we don't end up agreeing, is really important for the future of our relationships. These are people you care about, that you love and who care about you. And sometimes these issues, especially as polarized as our world has gotten today, can divide us and just tear apart families and friendships. And so what I'm trying to offer is a way that you can have these conversations with folks and save that relationship and at least gain an understanding of one another and maybe change people's minds. And if we could all do that, potentially even change the whole world. Social activist Justin Lee, author of Talking Across the Divide, how to communicate with people you disagree with and maybe even change the world. Justin, thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks so much for having me. Next, the origins of America's opioid addiction crisis. That story, coming up. Don't go away. InfoTrack will be back right after this. 